0: Welcome to Full Rigor, Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis.
1: And I'm Jennifer Ross. That mu- that music gives me the heebie-jeebies. I just thought I'd share that with you. I know, right? Ugh. Ugh. What creepy stuff are we talking about today?
0: We are talking about how DNA influences the jury or not. And the reason why we're talking about it is that the first case ever decided by DNA was here in Florida.
1: Oh, it was in the United States, the one here. But they they used it much sooner in England. You are right. Some guy came forward, said he was responsible for two rapes and murders, and then they said, oh, we have this new test. It's called DNA. No one knew what it was. They took his blood. He didn't match. Ah. But all the people that were involved in the area, in the village, all the men that wanted to help catch this Horrific criminal said oh yeah, we'll give you blood samples. No problem. Yeah, well you can swab my cheek They had no idea what they were doing and that's how they caught the guy.
0: Yes, and it's amazing It's called the silent witness before DNA What did we have we had fingerprints and eyewitnesses
1: and you could line me up and put ten people in front of me and then say Okay, go down and talk to every single one have a nice conversation and then leave and then come and sit down with me 10 seconds later and say, explain to me what the third woman yeah, looked like. No. I wouldn't have a clue.
0: They're horrific. Horrific. And they are unreliable. So at any moment, Jennifer. Yes, dear, Law enforcement can knock on your door and place you under arrest for a violent crime you did not commit simply because someone said you did it. An eyewitness. Well, it's true.
1: And how many times
0: are they wrong? A lot. 10,000 innocent people are convicted each year. And this is according to a new study from Ohio State University, your alma mater. The
1: Ohio State Excuse University. me. <laughs> get it right, okay? <laughs> Thank you, Urban.
0: <laughs> so in one case, an Orlando man, he had just taken his friend to get chemo and he was pulling out of a 7-Eleven. He stopped to get a Slurpee or something. And he missed a stop sign and he got pulled over. And so the police said, get out of the car. And they checked the floor of the car and they go, hmm, what are these flakes? And he says, well, that's from my Krispy Kreme donut. I remember that. They this tested case. these flakes and they said the roadside test came up that it was meth. They arrested him. He was held in jail overnight. I mean, this could be you, this could be anybody. It was a Krispy Kreme donut flake. How did they, you
1: know what? I never saw the results of that. How did they screw that roadside test up? Was it the test kit
0: was bad? Maybe the sugar? I don't know. Wow.
1: But I remember it It was a nightmare for this guy for a while. Oh, yeah. It went on and on and on. Once that's
0: on your record, you know, you can't unring that bell. Maybe they'll drop the charges, but the arrest will always be there. Really? Oh, yes.
1: Never knew that. Oh, yes. Thank you for enlightening me. So next time I get arrested, I'll change my name. (laughs)
0: You have a couple of different names. The driver allowed him to search the car because he had nothing to hide, of course. So that's your first thing. Don't allow the search of your car, okay? Innocent people tend to want to talk to police. Okay, wait, I got
1: to stop you right there. Go back because I have been in a situation where a cop has asked, can I search your car? And I've said, sure, go ahead. You know, don't let them do that. No. How, well, then they, then they intimidate They're gonna you. They're going to have to have
0: probable cause to, to search your car. But
1: then cops intimidate you. They say, well, what are you trying to hide? How come you won't let me search? And then they, they That's true. use that tactic. So you have to be strong in your commitment of you're not searching my car.
0: Yeah. Well, the driver actually told police he had a concealed weapons permit and a weapon in the car, which led them to the warrantless search of his vehicle. Okay. So they say, I smell pot. Then they can.
1: They need probable cause. Right, but
0: so then they search the car, and then your attorney's going to get it thrown out because it was a bad search. You know, it's one or the other.
1: I'd rather nip it in the butt at the beginning. I don't want an attorney doing it for me. (laughs) Innocent
0: people tend to talk to police after a crime because they think the truth will prevail. Not true. Once you're convicted by a jury, even if it's determined that you didn't do it, the jury conviction stands because you were convicted by a jury. Wow. Wrap your head around that one. Unfortunately, many people are convicted with false confessions. They say they did it because they just get, like, talked into it.
1: Uh, or, you know, and many times they, when you find out that somebody admitted to, like, some horrific murder, it's because— they had him up for 72 hours, yeah. didn't let them sleep, and just berated them with detective after detective. How do they get away with that, by the way? How is that legal? It's
0: possible, and they can even use subterfuge to get you to, you know, they can tell you. They told Amanda Knox over there in Italy that, first, they told her she had AIDS, and secondly, they told her they had DNA and all of this stuff. They didn't have anything. It's Italy, though. That's Italy. But here, the jury will believe your confession, even if the DNA comes back and says, as it wasn't you you're kidding no me. that's very common really I mean a simple DNA test can exonerate or convict you or confuse the jury which was the O.J. Simpson case well
1: that's because I think with the O.J. Simpson case had they run this uh, five years even after his trial he would have been convicted based on DNA no one knew what the hell
0: DNA was that's right well that was 1994 the first conviction was right here in Tampa in Florida in 1987 So this was the first conviction in the United States, 1987.
1: Well, how come this wasn't more widely publicized? Because no, you remember the whole, you remember the O.J. Simpson case. He went over that DNA and it was like boring, boring, boring. Just get to, but no one understood it.
0: Because now we're interested in crime and everything. We're like totally into it after CIS came out and everything. People are it's like, true. oh my gosh, we're so, we're rabid about it. we're CSI. obsessed. CSI, what did I say? CIS. CIS. That's okay. <laughs>
1: you have crime dyslexia.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait. How about that, Mr. Fung? <laughs> How about that? Yes, well, and Barry Sheck had a lot to do with DNA in that trial. Well, he's got- How about that, Mr. Fung?
1: And then, of course, he started the Innocence Project.
0: Correct, and so then, the first case that got overturned because of DNA was in 1989 isn't that interesting it,
1: it, it, but it's extremely interesting but how come no one no one knew about it I mean I I, I was in, well, they in radio hadn't discovered at the time.
0: DNA before that they didn't know it existed then they were able to find it let me tell you what DNA is actually I mean what is it DNA is analysis of saliva skin tissue blood hair and semen okay uh-huh. it can link or exclude you from a crime the unique structure of our blood or other bodily fluids can save your life or preserve your freedom. DNA, and I can't really say it, it's deoxyribonucleic.
1: Deoxyribonucleic. Oh, you very Nucleaic. nice. Nucleic. I can't say it. Nucleic. Yeah. A, anyway, <laughs> just say DNA, it's a lot easier.
0: It is a natural for crime solving. It holds an individual's unique genetic code and is carried in most body cells. So it's found at most crime scenes in blood, semen, and other bodily fluids that are left behind. And it can even be found in a fingerprint called touch DNA. And that's what they used on Amanda Knox in Italy. They said she had touched the knife.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: Well, she lived in the house. But anyway, it's a unique genetic code. It's in most body cells. And so it's in your, if like I touched the counter, they can extrapolate that DNA. It's called genotyping. Then they're able to get an actual DNA sample.
1: Unless of course you have an identical twin
0: yes well it can be replicated I'm not sure about the twin if the DNA is identical Ooh, yes boy. it is so the odds of the DNA genotype being shared in the OJ Simpson murder case 1 in 9.7 billion billion seven billion. Billion. and he was still found not guilty
1: oh come on that man walked because of who he was That's all there was to it. They found her blood in his bedroom. Wait, How does that happen?
0: Well, jury nullification in that case, definitely, because there was a sock in his bedroom that had her blood, Ron Goldman's blood, and his blood on it. But when they were collecting blood samples at the scene, there was EDTA in it, which is a blood preservative, which we naturally make in our own system but enough of it where they argued Barry Sheck and
1: Shapiro and Dershowitz and who was the lead
0: guy he's dead <laughs> oh my Donnie god Johnny Cochran Donnie Cochran if it, if it doesn't fit you must have quit <laughs> that's right so, thanks
1: to Shapiro though
0: <laughs> so they argued that because they carried the, the blood back I mean it was a mess they carried well, a you... vial of blood uh, back d- they said that this was preserved and it came back and you placed everything was planted
1: yeah they they said and then don't you remember the cop that took all the samples came back to the scene? Yes. Right, it came back to the scene. They were like, What are you doing here? And then, oh, then Mark
0: Furman. Oh, it's
1: they yeah. It it was they maneuvered the jury very well. oh O. J. Simpson should have been in prison for the rest of his life, but that's besides the point.
0: I digress. Juye uh, also lives in Kendall, Florida. There's always a Florida connection. Thus full rigor Florida true crime because there's always a South Florida connection. Yes. He'll be one of our topics. Yes. So um, the first conviction, as I said, using DNA evidence was in November 1987 in the circuit court of Orange County. And this case included Tommy Lee Andrews.
1: How come I don't remember this case?
0: Because people didn't care, like I said, before CSI and all that
1: stuff. CIS. (laughs) Actually, now I'm going to screw with you.
0: (laughs) He was convicted of rape after DNA tests matched his DNA from a blood sample to the semen traces that they recovered from the rape victim. He is now eligible for parole, by the way. That's from 1987. So do you know what CODIS is?
1: Yeah, that's the whole system where they put your DNA into and It's shared across the country so cops can say,
0: oh, let me look. Let me look in the national database. Let me run your DNA. Right.
1: I don't know what it stands for, though.
0: So what's really interesting, oh, CODIS stands for Combined DNA Index System. Oh, never knew that. It's the DNA database established by the FBI after the O.J. Simpson murder trial. Wow. All felons in Florida are subject to a saliva swab for DNA to be entered into CODIS. In fact, Florida is one of the most rigid and aggressive states in building a DNA database, and they contribute to the federal system. Virginia, Florida, New York, and Illinois account for 56% of the nation's database of DNA matches.
1: Is that because we have more criminals than anybody else?
0: We're just very rabid about it. Wow.
1: Yes. Because they use that on NCIS all the time. We're going to run his system. We're going to run his blood through the conus system.
0: Yeah, but you know what? You know how many rape kits have not been tested? There's hundreds and thousands of rape kits that are not tested. Why would you think they wouldn't test a rape kit for the DNA? I haven't a clue. Why? Because it's either in a case where it's a husband or a boyfriend who's involved. But if they had run it, they would have found that these people not only rape their wife and girlfriend, they rape other people, too. Uh, If you were raped by your husband or your boyfriend, you want to make sure they run the DNA. Just make sure.
1: Wow. That's incredible. It is incredible, right? That's scary, actually.
0: Yes. Jeez. So uh, the effectiveness of DNA in crime solving varies from state to state, as we said. So Florida is a, a very good state because they are very, very efficient in terms of getting it into CODIS, as we said, and DNA exonerates people after they're convicted as well. Now, when I told you about if you're convicted by a jury, Mm -hmm. it's hard to overturn that, but DNA evidence will overturn a jury because that evidence wasn't available during the trial. Generally, these exonerations happen after the trial, and many of the trials happened before this first case was decided by DNA in Florida here in 1987.
1: Well, then, and, and that's the case. That's where the Innocence Project comes and from. And that's Barry Sheck. Yeah, because how many people has he saved that are on death row that insisted, okay, let's first state that everybody on death row or everybody in prison says they're innocent. They will start there, but... These are people that really did not commit the crime that they have been found guilty of. Some of them are looking at prison, life in prison. They just had those guys. It was a, a, a older man. I want to say he was like 70-something by the time he got out. And another guy, they were charged with raping yeah. and murdering a woman.
0: They weren't even near no. her. They didn't even know her. The other guy said he had done it. And they finally let them out. And they, they let
1: them out. But, I mean, it took years after he admitted, to, some other guy came forward and admitted to it. Why does it take so long?
0: Okay, so, well, let's Do go you know back that? to your first question about the numbers. Okay. 20 of the 349 people exonerated served time on death row, 20. 14 oh is God. the average time served by exonerees, 14 years and 28% of those cases the 349 mm-hmm. cases exonerated by dna 28% of them had false confessions they said they did it wow and
1: they didn't do it wow Be don't what? admit to something you haven't done
0: and 71% y- involved eyewitness misidentification
1: yeah i you know if they like i said if somebody came in and robbed this place and they asked me for a, a description. I have no idea.
0: I know we need to be aware of our surroundings.
1: It's true, and I'm horrible at it.
0: Right, well, we are going to we're going to work on that. Jen. Thank you.
1: I know where the door is here.
0: <laughs> There's only one thing.
1: way in and one way out, so it's kind of hard not to figure it out.
0: So 37 of the 349 pled guilty to the crimes they didn't commit.
1: Why? Because they were coerced into it by the cops.
0: Yeah. Well, or they, maybe
1: they were protecting somebody else they know. No,
0: or they were told you get the death penalty unless you admit to it.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. All right, it makes sense.
0: It's just, it's chilling, right? And then of those who got compensated, of the 349, only 254 DNA exonerees got compensated.
1: Why? Did the arrests get left out? They weren't big enough crimes? Yep. they weren't in prison long enough maybe oh come on you've put me in prison or maybe for a they don't week. have an attorney that would you. take
0: a contingency and didn't go back and sue Wow. 17% involved informants oh yeah it's just it's crazy so then you're saying how come it takes so long yeah. for them to like I said if a jury finds you guilty it's hard to overturn it even if someone else in prison says I did it
1: that's horrific. There's got to be something that's going to change there. Yeah. Well, I know Barry Shank has that Innocence Project, and I know his Innocence Project, they do this kind of stuff all the time. And he's only released like 150 people by himself, I mean, which is a great deal. However, I I, I listened to an interview he did once, and they wait months. He'll get a recommendation from somebody or the Innocence Project, they, and they have to meet certain criteria.
0: Yeah, 182 prisoners were exonerated by the innocent Project. Okay,
1: that was close. Uh, but just to get to that point where they will actually listen to your case and reopen it and do the – got to jump through like a million hoops. And it's because of the prison the judicial system, it's and not because of Barry Shank. I mean it's
0: That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be that person that's why I took I went to school to become a paralegal. I wanted to be that person that found that one piece of evidence that said this guy didn't do it. Wow. You know? Yeah. Because, I mean, even Kim Kardashian getting Alice Johnson out of prison after she didn't find evidence, she got her... Well, she got, got
1: her released. She was serving, what, a life sentence? Or it was like ridiculous sentence for she got busted for pot. I was like, okay.
0: So going back to uh, DNA evidence, it confuses the jury. As you said, back in 1994 for O.J. Simpson, we were just sitting there with our mouths open going, what? You know, and Marsha Clark didn't make it any easier for no, the she was jury. Horrible. I mean... If you just said, look, this sock has everybody's blood on it and we found it in his bedroom. Case closed. But well, no, they had, had to thought. get into the alleles and the... Uh, <laughs> I mean, there was a trail of blood in that case. And Nicole and Ron and OJ's blood, again, found at the murder scene and on socks and gloves and in the Bronco.
1: Yeah, but that just got magically put there, Karen. That well, was that's what they're o. saying. So, yeah, um, and the jury
0: bought it. But the other thing was... There was a a lot of blood, and OJ's blood found mixed with the two victims' blood at the scene. Oh. I mean, it's hard.
1: It it was the most screwed-up verdict in in the history of our judicial
0: system. Well, the DNA evidence was overwhelmingly damning, but you know what? Just because you have DNA doesn't mean you're guilty. Remember, it does not always mean you're guilty just because there's a DNA match.
1: Well, you know, for example, you and I could uh, be hanging out and having a drink, uh, watching TV, and my DNA is all over the tables in your house. And I get up right. and grab a knife when and was cut it cheese and whatever the case may be, right? Next thing you know, I leave, somebody comes in and murders you. Who's the first fingerprints they're going to find A DNA? Mine, because it's all over your apartment. So they'd probably come after me. Yes scary, right? It is. Uh, It it makes sense, though.
0: And maybe, you you know, I cut myself and you put a Band-Aid on it and then you know, something yeah. whatever happened. I got your
1: blood on my shirt. Yeah. Even though I've watched it and bleached ten times, it's still there.
0: Well remember we discussed that in one hundred and ways one hundred and one ways to get rid of the body. The yeah. Oxyclean. oxyclean The oxygen grabs onto the hemoglobin and removes blood really well.
1: You think the guy that invented Oxyclean did it because he like buried a body somewhere? No. Uh, okay. I just thought I'd ask
0: No, <laughs> it's he's trying to get it from your house to bury it is where you wanna like, <laughs> Just curious. Cating it up. So people falsely confess to crimes when they are innocent, and the jury believes the confession, not the DNA evidence. In fact, remember my cousin Vinny? I shot the clerk.
1: Oh, that's right, yeah. (laughs) There was a confession, yeah. He's like,
0: he thought he he had stolen a can can of tuna, tuna. and he's like, you shot the clerk. I shot the clerk. We have a confession. That's it. You know, so.
1: It's true. That was a great movie, by the way. One of my all-time favorites, top ten.
0: I love that movie. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs)
1: my biological clock is is oh can we pile more crap on
0: this (laughs) oh my gosh
1: we digress
0: so today we've told you the dna can convict or exonerate you depending on the jury aka uh, we had mr oj simpson right orenthal and dna evidence can exonerate you post-conviction Touch DNA, not so reliable. That's where you touch something and then they do the genotyping right. and extrapolate it out. The defense can confuse the jury with DNA contamination and official misconduct theories like they had in uh, OJs where they said, oh, they brought the blood vial back. Who knows? And sometimes the jury will believe a false confession over your DNA evidence because you said you did it. <laughs> well, Why would yeah. he say he did it if he didn't do it?
1: Well, so you- here's
0: here's the clincher. Okay.
1: Okay. What's the clincher?
0: A Texas man, his name was Claude, and I say was because... He's dead? They hit him in a brick there in Texas, in the head with a brick. Uh, Claude Jones executed in the year 2000, so oh, geez. DNA is already used. You can use it. Right. So the DNA technology was not available for the jury when they convicted him in 1990. Okay. They, but they did use it here in Florida, but apparently not in Texas alrighty not so much
1: I'm following here
0: in 2000 then Governor George W. Bush was not informed that DNA testing on a single strand of hair might exonerate him
1: oh he was he refused to sign the pardon or whatever
0: right he didn't know about this hair so it was the only piece of evidence used to place him at the crime scene this hair right and it convicted him it was a scene it was a liquor store robbery gone wrong And the clerk was shot. I shot the clerk. So (laughs) he was executed. Oh, my God. They killed him? Yes. In 2000. Wow. Convicted in 1990. That's a fast turnaround as executions go. Wow, yeah. So a decade later after that, the DNA results testing of that hair not only undermined the evidence that convicted Jones but raised the possibility that Texas executed an innocent man. Oh, my God. The DNA test shows that the hair belonged to the victim of the shooting.
1: Holy cow.
0: So while the results don't exonerate
1: Yeah, it doesn't Claude, put a, it doesn't put him at the scene though because of his hair.
0: They raise serious doubts about his guilt. Yeah. So wow. as Voltaire said, it is better to risk saving a guilty person than to condemn an innocent one. You know, then we can get into the whole thing about the death penalty, and we're going to do a full rigor episode on the death penalty because Florida really led the way on the death penalty. You okay?
1: Choking on a hairball.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You need to hear what you need to go ahead. ahead. Because Florida really led the way in terms of capital punishment with old Sparky.
1: Oh, I remember I remember the day they, they buzzed Ted Bundy. Remember? I Because I did traffic, and I had to call all the cops, you know, agencies in town to figure out what was going on.
0: And this. I was in Gainesville at the time. They brought his body to the Gainesville morgue, oh, and that's somebody right. snapped a picture of it. Oh,
1: God, I remember that.
0: But I I remember also covering another execution. I was at Channel 25, and it came over the wire uh, that, <laughs> that the sponges weren't wet, or they weren't the right sponges, because they shaved the guy's head. They put this metal... Bowl on their head right. with sponges that conduct the electricity. I mean, how horrible is it? It's this is medieval, right? No, it is It's terrible. And, and flames shot up from his head, tw- twelve inches above his head. Flames. Wow. That's called cruel and inhumane. And so, old Sparky's been replaced with lethal injection.
1: And then that was considered inhumane.
0: Well, because
1: Cause they missed a the vein or something. Yeah, I, you they, know, you
0: can blow out a vein.
1: Okay, you can you you can avoid all of this. Don't murder people. I'm sorry, don't get me going on we're going to have an argument on no, the death penalty yeah, just so you know. Yeah, but that's but just Ted a- Bund- with Ted Bundy by the way, every cop that I talked to that morning said, "Oh, we're turning off our electricity at X time." Also there's extra so there's, juice so there's <laughs> extra juice for Sparky to work.
0: Don't remember Ted Bundy once again, there's already Florida connection. FSU. He killed, I think, three girls there.
1: And the rumor was? That's why he
0: was killed in this state. Actually, Bundy was convicted because of a bite mark match, which they can't use anymore because it's less conclusive than fingerprints, but he left a double bite mark on the left buttock of one of his victims in Tallahassee. Apparently, Bundy had incredibly crooked teeth.
1: The rumor was he came here so he would be executed, and he'd be caught here. That was why he did it. But he started with that young little girl. I forget her name.
0: Yeah, he broke out of two prisons. I think one time he lost a ton of weight and like shimmyed through a tiny little hole on the roof. And the other one, he did from the courthouse. Yeah, because he
1: was defending himself.
0: It wasn't the Broward County courthouse. No, but-
1: it was in Colorado. He jumped out of like the third-story window. Oh, he had been practicing in his jail cell, jumping out of the cell, out of his bed onto the floor. Yes. It's crazy. Great. Anyway, we digress. So, we'll talk about that some other time. So
0: we are talking about DNA. And since 1989, there have been tens of thousands of cases where prime suspects were identified and pursued until DNA testing prior to conviction proved they were wrongly accused. I mean, that's tens of thousands that were being pursued. Put a DNA came, finally came in.
1: They ever arrest me for a murder? Please tell them to do a DNA test right away. It would are you not, in CODIS? It, it would not be me. I'm just saying I, I might yell and scream at you but uh, i usually but never, don't murder people
0: never confess just say what body
1: <laughs> I, as i tell all of my daughter's dates well she's engaged now but <laughs> as i used to i have a lot of land it's very dark out here i have a large shovel a gun and no one's gonna miss you <laughs> <laughs> works all the time
0: so in more than 25 percent of the cases in a national institute of justice study suspects were excluded once dna testing was conducted during the criminal investigation. That's a lot of people that were being, you know, their lives turned upside down who didn't do it.
1: It's it's horrific. Can you imagine, though, being in that position? Somebody accuses you of murder or rape, whatever the case may be, and it's not you and you're like, it's not me, and they're locking you up and no one's listening to you?
0: That's why I said at the beginning of this podcast, anytime you can get a knock on your door because somebody said you did it. Hello? You're under I saw that.
1: I saw that woman, that Karen Curtis chick. I know. I listened to her. It was her. I saw her. Nice. She was running. She can't run very well. I know it was her. <laughs>
0: but that could happen. I know. Well, I you know always take selfies so you have an alibi. <laughs> In fact, Aunt- Here I am.
1: Okay, let me take one now. Hold on a second.
0: Smile. Smile. Okay, selfie. Okay, selfie. So we have an alibi if something happened during this hour. This is where we were. So Anthony Wright endured two trials, 25 years in prison, before a jury found him not guilty in 1991 of rape and murder of an elderly woman in Philadelphia. Jeez. He became the 344th DNA exoneree. Can you imagine? Wow. Let me say that again. Two trials, 25 years in prison. In the retrial, it was revealed that since the DNA testing was conducted three and a half years ago, that identified Ronnie Byrd as the real assailant. Neither Philadelphia police nor the district attorney's office had conducted any additional investigation. Wow! So the, this is
1: horrifying.
0: The former district attorney fought efforts by the Innocence Project to conduct testing for more than five years. The Innocence Project wanted to. Eventually, the case went to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, which Jeez. remanded the case back to the district court for hearing on the testing. The testing of the rape kit identified spermatozoa, recovered from the victim's vagina and rectum that excluded Wright as the source. Wow. And it was then identified as Bird's.
1: Holy cow.
0: Bird was twice the age of Wright and almost half the age of the victim at the time of the crime and had a long criminal record.
1: How do you like that?
0: So Wright was originally convicted in 1991 of rape and murder. Oh, that's, it was a 77-year-old woman, that poor woman.
1: Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah.
0: Police say that after merely 14 minutes in custody, Wright voluntarily gave a complete and signed confession to the crime. Wow. He was, however, just <laughs> 20 when he was arrested and always maintained his innocence and testified in both the original and the retrial that he only signed the confession... The alleged confession, which the police wrote out, the police wrote it out after the interrogating detectives threatened him with bodily harm.
1: Wow. Yeah. You know, but I was going to say the cops of today are probably far different than they were back then, at least their behavior, because they could get away with it back then. Can't get away with it now there's cameras everywhere that's true you know I it's in it's, well then- and
0: now they're gonna you know you're gonna say take my DNA I want it tested
1: Right. Well, Originally. if you're innocent yes
0: so it just scares me that someone on death row you know could be wrongly convicted that's horrifying and and be killed and then we find out they didn't do it but as we move forward in a technology and crime scene investigation becomes more technologically advanced right we'll see less of this Oh, that's nice. It's that backlog of cases that we worry about. Well,
1: you know what? You build a better mousetrap, you get a bigger mouse, or however that saying goes. I think if you get a bigger mouse, you get a bigger mousetrap. Uh, so you might have great testing, but if you're a smart criminal, you're going to get away with it anyway. Right. You know and, what I mean?
0: And there's always sometimes not-so-smart investigators and crime scene lab people.
1: Or, you know, if you're, if you're conducting—say you're a serial rapist. And you go to East Podunk, uh, Kentucky, and there's there's a a sheriff and a deputy. They don't have the ability to run these kind of tests. They got to go to the nearest big city, as they would say. So, I mean, you could feasibly just move. I mean, that was why Ted Bundy got away with so much. He picked on perfect strangers. And then he was
0: peripatetic and moved around and no one could find him. And Right. Just that he drove that bug around, and that was very, very... Uh Creepy. Yeah. Creepy. creepy. But, but, creepy but also, creepy. you know, it's it's obvious. He drives a white bug. So that wraps it up for DNA. Any questions?
1: No, I think I've, uh, I've learned a lot. I have a selfie to document where I have been for the past, oh, 40 minutes. You're in it. I have the station logo behind us and a clock, so that helps. <laughs> uh, uh, so if anybody got murdered or raped or whatever and they try to say that that lady with the guy's voice did it, <laughs> it, it wasn't me. And um, if I ever get arrested, I'm going to tell them to take my DNA. That's what I learned.
0: And not let them search.
1: No. Don't search. Yes. Okay. Forget about that part.
0: And don't eat a donut in the car.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And drop the Krispy Kreme. How about that,
0: Mr. Fung? (laughs) How about that, Mr. Fung? Poor Mr. Fung got raked over the coals there in the OJ Simpson And He
1: is is like the the best DNA guy in the world.
0: Oh, it was a mess.
1: They destroyed him.
0: So we say goodbye, Jennifer Ross and I. Bye. And we leave you with the wonderful (laughs) snort of Jennifer's pet, big bald pig, Hank, and her granddaughter, Nora's reaction. (laughs) Next time, uh, join us for Full Rigor. It's Florida's true crime podcast with Karen Curtis and Jennifer Ross. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music